All right, welcome to the uh, Random Tea Sleepy Hollow podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're going to talk about the uh, season one, episode seven, uh, episode The Midnight Ride. And it is directed by Douglas Aronofsky. And it was written by Heather uh, Ren- Regner, or Regner. So another lady writer. Yay! We like lady writers. Yes. So, um, what do you think? It was okay. I like this one. I thought it was good. Um, I thought there was a lot of convenient stuff going on. There was an awful lot of convenient stuff going on, uh, which I'll complain about later. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I probably will, too. I'm just going to get that out there. There will be a lot of complaining. Um, It was, research-wise, there wasn't a whole lot for me to look into. Yeah. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, It was not a Monster of the Week episode. No, it was not. So there was a, some more, uh, the plot's moving along. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was enjoyable. Yeah. I did like that. Uh, there was, there was, there was a lot happened. We haven't had a monster of the week since what, Sandman? Sandman? So um, we had Lester Kia Solomon, John Doe, cause I, I don't count the other horsemen. No, the John Doe would not be a monster of the week. So the no, theater. you're right. Yeah. I believe you're right. So they're getting, they're really getting in the meat of the, of the season. They are. And this marks, we've just passed the halfway point because mm-hmm. there's only 13 episodes this season. Yes. Yes. So, um, I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was well, good. I thought it was one of those kind of move along episodes. I think I kind of feel like this one, like you did about the last one that I didn't like it as much as I thought maybe I should. Yeah. And you're not quite but sure I don't, why. There's nothing I don't like about it. It just wasn't hitting you on all, all cylinders. Yeah. I th- yeah. It, it might be because there wasn't a lot of research for me to do. <laughs> that might be it. There wasn't a whole lot for me to dig into. So. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right, so we'll just get right into the recap. And um, we start with a flashback, which this has happened last... Uh, last time we started with the flashback was... Oh, I don't even remember now. It was something. It was something. Uh, the Tea Party episode, I think. Um, and so it's Boston, and it's 1775, and it's the night of Paul Revere's ride. Yes, and so here's my first complaint. Okay. Um, again, Ichabod would not have come to America until 1776, <laughs> which would be after the ride of Paul Revere, because, as he stated, he came over with the Queen's Royal Regiment. They just really picked the wrong regiment, didn't they? They did, and that regiment did not go to America until 1776. So. Okay. So, right away. There we go. Issues. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I did not... It took me forever, the first time I watched this, to hear the the blank that are coming. Yeah. Because, like, I, the first the time... The regulars. I, the first time I watched it, I, uh, I, I didn't have the closed captioning on and it wasn't until and i was watching it live yeah uh and it wasn't until later when ichabod explained that it's the regulars that i was like oh is that what they were saying and that really is what they said they paul revere never said the the british British are coming coming. yeah or the redcoats are coming as it's often misquoted as they actually said the regulars are uh, the i think the actual phrase that i saw quoted was the regulars are coming out why the regulars do, do well, they know? couldn't. They couldn't say the British are coming, right? Because they because they were all British. British. Um, I guess the the regular army. I, oh, I, I guess maybe. Uh, but I, so, that's the only thing I can think of. So yeah, so so we get the regulars are coming, and it and it was a very quiet affair. It was whispers. It was you know it was not the shouting. There were no you know there was no fanfare made of it. Um, I did think that it was interesting that there were lots of people out in the middle of the night in their night clothes in the street. That's true. But, you know, um, I don't know. I did find 
a link and we'll put this in the show notes as we do uh a link to and this is off the history channel website 11 things mm-hmm. you may not know about paul revere oh okay um just random facts have nothing to do with the show but okay. um in my research just because i could they're probably all wrong just um. you know if you, <laughs> if you ask your local ichabod they're probably all wrong yes but uh yeah um let's see the item number six on here is Paul Revere never shouted the legendary phrase later attributed to him, the British are coming. Okay. As he passed from town to town, the operation was meant to be conducted as discreetly as possible since scores of British troops were hiding out in the Massachusetts countryside. Furthermore, colonial Americans at that time still considered themselves British. If anything, Revere may have told other rebels that the regulars, a term used to designate British soldiers, oh, okay. so, were on the move. So I guess it would be the reg- regular army. Okay. Where the colonials, were, since they don't they have, were militia they're the rebels. Yeah, yeah. That make that does kind of make sense. Okay. So. Uh, so history lied to us when we were little kids and told us that it was the British are coming. Damn you, history class in elementary school. Yeah. That and you didn't tell me that there were demon shit involved with the Boston. Tea I know, Party. right? So George Washington knew. Yeah, yeah. It was a secret war. It was, it was Shh, a secret. Secret. <laughs> So, uh, so they're going through this ride, and um, you see death close upon their heels. And it was like four guys. It was not just Paul Revere. It was like f- I think three or four guys together. Was that? Yeah, it was death. It was death. It okay. Was death, they, showed, was... they showed the back of his head. Because I was thinking that the timing was before. I don't. Okay. We find I, had, I, had to, I gotta check my. T- yeah. Yeah, we'll have to check dates on I was, the next for, episode. Something was telling me that it, it was. Yeah. Bef- it was. Pre- no, they, they showed. Yeah, they uh, did, didn't they? they? Showed that okay. tattoo. But yeah, you're right. There were four mm-hmm. horsemen, and he uh, he axes them down, um, and to where all that's left he, is he just wanted to ask them a question. <laughs> he wanted to ask them a question. Oh I'd gosh. say I'm sorry, but I'm really you're not. not. You're really proud of that, <laughs> yeah. and as you should be. Thank you. But um, so he gets everybody, but but Paul Revere. Yes. And um, so we we move to modern times, and Ichabod is astounded by the groceries that Abby has acquired. Oh, I was pretty astounded too. I was too, man. She I was she's preparing je- for the apocalypse. I, I was actually kind of jealous. I'm like, I I need to get me some stock like that, man. <laughs> so um. She's prepping the cabin if if they need to. They're making kits. Yeah, is that what she kits? said? And I wanted to ask you, they keep making out like all of a sudden Ichabod is in danger because of the blood tie was severed. I never got the impression that the horseman was leaving was like going easy on him because of the no. blood tie. <laughs> no, I never got. But um, I think they might have gotten some kind of impression that he was that the horseman wouldn't have killed him before yeah and now maybe and now maybe he will game. yeah so and they're making yeah they refer they refer to these kits and um i don't know i don't think they showed that well enough i just yeah i wonder if maybe there was something a scene cut, cut yeah or uh, a little snippet of something yeah it's possible they could be i mean i can understand them preparing kits and placing them some in the cabin some at abby's place some yeah. wherever you no know, jenny's staying with her some with yeah maybe at the station in yeah. the in the, re- the research the room. archives yeah. the archives yeah that would make sense so um so they're making these kits and they have they have some bottled water shenanigans palm springs and he's just Pine Springs. Pine Springs. My and apologies. Just doesn't understand why you have to buy water. And that's a running th- theme throughout the entire episode. Is yes. paying for water. Yes. And Which, you know, if you think about it, that would be quite a quite a damn shock. It, and it, and I, from his point of view, I can understand that. 
but it's like I wonder if the the what was her name Heather the writer of this episode yeah she's kind of I don't want to call it a hidden agenda like it's a bad thing because yeah. you know environmentalism is not all bad but I bet she's yeah. a supporter of could very well be because it co- keeps coming back and coming yeah, back and it coming does. back um, and uh, Abby gets a reminder on her phone about sundown and. Remind me where Abby was going, because apparently I wasn't paying great attention. She was going she was, to get Corbin's something. She was going to get Corbin's uh, a rifle, a shotgun, okay. some, His shotgun. some something, a gun. And um, and Ichabod was going to go meet with the Masons, and he invites Abby along, but she's like, yeah, they don't like ladies so much, so I'm going to go over here and do this thing, and we'll catch up later. Yeah, neither one of them seemed very pleased. They shouldn't have split up. Nobody should ever split up, damn it. I know, right? I'm just very upset that people split up. And they do it way too often. Um, so, Abby goes to the station and she runs into Luke. I hate and Luke. And he's slightly less assholey this time. Not by but much. But still, he's pretty pushy with he's, her. He's very pushy with his um, personal space. Yeah. He's all up in her personal space. Yeah, and so... Um, he... She at first she's like I don't have time for this shit, but then she agrees to meet him for coffee because he bullies her into it. Because he won't shut up about it because he wants to still be friends because they were friends before they dated. And I wanted to be like why? Because you boring. Um, and he he makes mention that he doesn't he wants to talk to her without Crane hovering over her shoulder. And I'm just I'm so done with him. If he really wanted to be friends, then he whatever. Yeah. So, um. We see that somebody is watching them from the bushes, and and Abby tells him that Jenny is getting out and is going to stay with her tomorrow. He says going to stay with tomorrow. Yeah. So it's been six months since. Well, and I was going to ask you about that because the end of that does not make sense to me. No, that is not track because they severed the blood tie, and uh, Jenny was just on release from Terrytown for a twenty-four hour. So, but then Abby did make mention a couple episodes ago that, that you know, she'll probably have to stay in her whole six months. So, either somebody works some legal voodoo magic or the timelines aren't, aren't no, jiving. Well, they're not known for their because timelines there's, anyway. there's no way that that was six months between no. severing the blood tie and all of a sudden they care about the horsemen again. Right. Yeah, there's, there's and, I, and I think it, it's just useful to the plot, I think. I don't. Maybe they should have said. Maybe she said three months before. Something yeah. a little shorter. Or but. we'll see about commuting your sentence or something. Some vague something because yeah. saying six months just really stuck yeah. in my crawl. No, you're right. The timeline does not yeah. line up at all. So, um, you know, all of a sudden, and again, it's it's night. We flashed. <laughs> well, it night. was one hour till sundown. That's true. But That's even at true. sundown, it's not dark. It's not full dark. So it's full dark all of a sudden, and um. Luke is walking along, and Andy lures him into a dark alley. Hey, you want some candy? Pretty much, yeah. And that's and he's like, okay, let me go down this alley. And um and uh Andy tries to warn him away from Abby, and he tells Luke that a war is coming and that he has to pick a side. Well, and one of the things he says, uh, the reports of my death uh, have been greatly exaggerated. No, but he's that's the quote he started with, but he ended with accurate or yeah. correct. Yeah, but who said it? Mark Twain. Shut up. You weren't supposed to know that. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to know. I you mean, supposed to know I mean, that. gosh, who said that, Janya? 
Mark Twain. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Thank you for telling me that. But do you know the story behind it? No, I do not. Okay. It was Mark Twain that originally said it, but the reason he said it was there were reports that he was sick and dying or had died um, back in the day. But it turned out it was actually uh, one of his cousins oh. with the last name of Clemens. Okay, and they thought... That who was actually the one who was sick. And so that's why he was quoted as saying the reports of my death are greatly or It was probably like the 1800s version of TMZ or something. Yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Even back then... Uh, Shoddy journalism. Well, you know. <laughs> check your facts. Just saying. Um, so we uh, we show Abby and oh, we're, wait, we're wait, seeing wait. her driving, right? Yeah, but if we can back up just a second. So mm-hmm. we've got Luke and, and Andy are both talking about Abby. Okay, is every single man in town in love with Abby or what? Because I don't, I blame them. don't well, yeah, she's awesome and hot and cool and all, but I don't like the idea of her constantly being put in the position of a love interest i don't either and i think it's funny because you've got andy to me has been typical that's the unrequited friend, friend zone guy yeah that's the unrequited like, friend zone he's all butt hurt and stuff that like but he still loves her she, but he still loves her he's gonna protect her and i want to be like your brain of protection kind of sucks because you're <laughs> on the bad team and I'm pretty sure she doesn't need that shit. No. And then Luke's all like, I need to protect you from, from this British guy. Yeah, but Luke knows nothing. Yeah, Luke knows nothing. Well, not anymore. Apparently he's been well, told something. Well, yeah, but at this point, he, yeah, yeah, he knows. He's clueless. So, but yeah, I'm just like, is every, because other than Frank. I think it probably shows a contrast, though, between the way Ichabod and Frank treat her versus the way these two treat her. True. Our they Frank. They see her as somebody that needs to be protected. And she does not need to be protected. Whereas Ichabod and Frank see her as a person. Right. And a capable person. And they're like a colleague. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with this together. Yes. Yes. So. But also, that's the feminism side of it. But the racial side of it. Mm-hmm. Abby being a black woman. Mm-hmm. Luke as a, a Latino man. Mm-hmm. And Andy as Asian. Yeah. The fact that they're crossing all these racial that borders. That is really interesting. I yeah. think that that's, that's just shows this, the cast and the crew yeah. and the writers. Because this is a pretty damn it. diverse cast. It really is. And I think that they're not, they didn't cast uh, Luke as a black man to be the black girl's because, ex-boyfriend. Because, oh, our, okay, our lead, is, our lead is black. So, so we've we got to cast a, a black man. Yeah. They cast the right man for the job. Yeah. Because he's doing my, a really good job of me really not liking he's him. He's a good slimy ex-boyfriend. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, credit to the to the show yeah. for those few things. But I'm just not okay with with Abby just being. Yeah, just... I I don't like the way they treat her. No, but it does speak to her character that we know she doesn't need that, and right. she doesn't she knows she doesn't need these guys. Yeah. So I guess it's two sides of the same coin. So. Yeah. Anyway. So we move on to. Um... Ichabod leaving Abby a voicemail. Which is the most precious thing. I hope this missive reaches you. And it's one of my... Because I remember I remember when I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, that's that episode. Yes. Because I really loved that bit. Yes. Where it's like, oh, God, he's on the phone. And he's what is, working a phone. He is uh, on your smart phone. On your smartphone. And um, he says that... So Icky has a phone now. Well, he has, he left her a voicemail. We don't know where he called her from. But he knows how to use a phone. He knows how to use a phone. So okay. I think that's a pretty big step All forward. Right. Um, and so he admits that it isn't fair that women aren't allowed. And so she should come and meet him at the house. 
that yeah he's going to convince going his to convince masonic them. brothers yeah. yeah so icky's a feminist yep just saying All about that yeah um and he we see him arrive only to find some super creepy shit because yeah. clearly that's like haunted house level kind of stuff where you're just like bitch don't do it don't go don't, in there why do them folks go in them don't houses go in there and of course he goes in of course he does and um he, alone he gets a sword i don't i think i must have looked away i, did, or I was did too because i was like he has a sword now taking notes or something because I, I, I looked too. down looked at he had a sword where did he and get I was like, the damn sword of course he has a sword um but and he, he did arm himself he did and he finds that the masons are beheaded all of them all of them. and the heads are gone and the heads are completely absent but he uh and i and i did notice he 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 walks in, he realizes it's a volatile situation, he grabs a sword. When he walks in and he finds the Mason brothers all murdered, he immediately picks up the gun out of one of their hands. I saw that too. He's he's being, he's going, gone into this creepy situation, but he's being smart about yeah, it. Yeah, not like, okay, if I can have two weapons, two weapons are better than one. Two weapons are better than one. And he's got a sword and a gun. Right. So he's, uh, which he both, he knows how to use both. So that's, I just really feel like, this is what you, this is what you do in a situation yeah. like this. You don't yeah. just walk in and oh, what oh, the hell? oh yeah. And uh, and there's very little blood, so you know they were cauterized. They were, ca- and they all were that. cauterized. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and their the heads are gone. Yeah. You notice immediately there's there are no heads. Yeah. And uh, Abby shows up. Okay, uh, so Abby walks up <laughs> the front of the house. Yes. Looks up and she sees. And yes, I'm using hand gestures. She sees uh, Headless in one window uh-huh. and Icky in the other window. So yep. Headless is just advertising to the world. Here hey, I am. Look at look at me and all my Headless glory. I was like, really? How is it that nobody's yeah, seen this guy? He's so not casual about going around. Well, he's like six foot without a head. Yeah. yeah. And nice hands. And, and a big double-edged, <laughs> double-sided axe. And he's strapped, and strapped with in, ammo and, yeah. you know. How do... How, Anyway. Well, they, you know, I guess it could go back to people don't see, because I think it may be in the, it may be later in this episode, I can't remember where they were talking about, or it it may be the next one, where somebody says something about calling, uh, calling in the Calvary, and they're like, um, yeah, they're probably not going to see anything, because that's how it works in Sleepy Hollow. Like, you have to, you have to know to see it may be yeah. kind of along those lines, like yeah. if you're not meant to see horse the horseman, like, and if he's not intent upon you, right. you're not going to see him. You're just going to go about your business. I don't know how that hasn't been expressly said though. So right. I'm just I'm grasping. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. So she sees she sees Ichabod and she sees a headless, and she gets she gets into the house and to Ichabod in time for them both to look out the window, and see death on his horse. That was and. <clears throat> that particular scene, that image of uh, the headless out there and his horse, and he's he's holding the heads, is really a Legend of Sleepy Hollow flashback looking yeah. image yeah. of the headless horseman uh, holding a head. Usually, usually he's depicted holding a pumpkin head or jack-o'-lantern. But it just seemed to be like a flashback to the actual story. Yeah. Which I thought that was cool, the way the, the, the it was framed and everything. Yeah. It's like, doesn't the horse rear back a little or something yeah. at some point? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very yeah. dramatic. It's a very Sleepy Hollow-esque yeah. scene, which and I love. I was disappointed because the Mason we met last episode... He's dead now. Yeah, and I, I remembered where... Talk I was, about getting written out. I remembered out. where we saw him again recently. He was an Agent Carter. Was he? He was one of the throat guys. 
Oh. The one that worked with them. Right. Against Blondie. Okay. So, I, I really like that actor, and I was like, oh, man, we're not going to see him again. So, and, and well, also. Well, Icky had him some, some had, allies. Yeah. He it was like, because Abby's got Frank and Jenny and all these friends. Well, Icky had his, his guys. And, yeah. And a lot of, you know, I'm sure their traditions could have changed over 200 years plus, but I'm sure there were still some traditions. Some very that, basic. And that was probably going to be comforting to him i'm sure to have some you know like a ritual and these are you know yeah and these are people yeah they do have rituals that they do do we think don't know it's secret it's secret but uh but these are these this particular group of men uh these particular masons have been following this secret war all this time so they're already in on it you know, right. and like we were excited last episode because we were like, "Oh, some more allies for them." No, they're, they're no, they're no, dead. they're all dead now. Everyone, or at least the four of them. Apparently, maybe there were only four. I don't. Apparently, there are now because I believe there were far more than four yeah. standing in that room because there were at least two outside. Yeah, the one dude taught the Rutledge guy, and there were mm-hmm. at least three or four other in the room. Yeah, so they I don't were know. they on vacation? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so they're all dead. So, uh, we we see Irving come to the crime scene, and he wants to know. Uh, what's going on and he's like please tell me without someone being headless behind it <laughs> and abby's like i got nothing for I, you i can't um help and you he, out there he, he if in case you didn't notice as a viewer he explicitly tells you that that the horseman took the heads with him yes um and uh he still doesn't see any proof that there's no. a headless horseman and i and i gotta there is no proof that he's seen True. There's just these headless bodies that yes. have been cropping up. Yes. Um, so, I mean, Frank is clearly a see-it-to-believe-it kind of guy. But somebody's got to be. He is in charge of everything. He's got to be the cynical one. Yeah. Um, he's the one who's got to report to yeah. his to, exactly. to his higher-ups. And he does come up with a cover story, a good one. Yeah. Uh, but he's just, you can see Frank's just getting deeper and deeper yeah. into this world. Yeah. Kicking against and screaming. His will. Against his will, kicking and screaming. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we go to Ichabod, and he is researching. He's, like, tearing through all their he's books. digging through a library piled with books. And yeah. he's very frustrated. Um, he loses his cool, man. Yeah, you see how this has really upset him. And he vows to take death with him if he dies. Yes. If he dies, he's taking death with him. He monologued. He, he did a little bit. He did. And um, he thinks that death was there looking for the skull that they have. Yes. That they dug up out of Katrina's grave in the first episode. Yes. Um, do you notice the, the portrait of George Washington that they showed? Where I it was did not. There was, uh, he's looking at, it's a portrait, and it's, he stands there, he's, it's catawonky on the wall, and he stops and he looks at it, and there's a sword strike through it, and it's... Across, oh, his, across neck. his neck. I did yeah. not notice that. Yeah, he is headless. They they love putting in those headless details, don't but, they? Yeah, it's when he's talking about how the Freemasons were protector of secrets, which again is a tie okay. back to the Templars. Right. Um, but while he's looking at this headless George Washington. Okay. So I just thought that, that was, was a good image. That's cool. So they decide that uh, that he is looking for his head and that yep. they need to destroy it. Yep. And my question is, how do you kill a dead head? Uh, we're going to find out later that... And then all Kinda I can think can't. of are the Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead fans. And just, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you kill how do you him? Kill a deadhead. Yeah. Wait, what? Well, how do you kill death? Yeah, how do you kill death? Well, uh, according to Dean, you 
That's true. That's another show. You can do it with you yeah, do it with his own true. sky, but so, but, yeah. is, but I don't know. That's supernatural. Is he really dead though? Let's, is death let's, dead? Let's hope not. Let's really hope not. Sorry, spoilers. But um, so we find out that uh, you know, we go back to the police station and we find. You gotta out get that, that. You have to have the head before you can destroy the that's head. Step true. one. Step one. Step one. Apparently, Frank has the head. Obtain head. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we find out that. Um, Frank has a daughter and an ex-wife. The introduction of Frank's family. Yeah. Yeah. And so... But I love the way they did it. Yeah. It wasn't this big, huge conversation. I, it wasn't this big, dramatic, yeah. I have a daughter and, Frank, and Frank didn't you know. appeal about, oh, but I have a, you know, I have a daughter and blah, yeah. blah. It was just a quick, somebody steps in, oh, you get a message from so-and-so, it's, from your daughter. It's your ex-wife's birthday. It was like, oh, boom, in and out, done. Yeah, yeah. That's how you do it. They, they do a good job, because we talked about this before with the way they handle Jenny, they do a good job with giving you backstory without like either hitting you over the head with it or being too subtle of with side it. characters yeah they do it with side characters really well and really easily um it's when you're talking about ichabod or abby's background that you get then the big but those are the ones you want to see that yeah but we still want to know stuff about frank and they and give Jenny, it to you and whereas we don't i mean it's an only it's only an hour-long show every week so. that's true uh, but yeah i did like the but way they, they did they did walk that. in and out boom yeah in and out. It, was, it was perfect and um basically abby abby wants to uh she tells frank that she's like hey so we want to destroy evidence because we want to kill this head yes um and at the end of her frank's like "Mm, okay yeah and it turns out he sent it out to a lab for testing well sure and because it's this creepy thing in this weird boxy type i love the box i want that thing Uh, it's got a convenient handle i know right i mean it's it's a skull carrying box don't you know it is purely for skull carrying i don't know where you get something like that though (laughs) etsy yeah maybe you can do a lot of stuff on etsy um so uh you know abby makes a point or or ichabod makes a point of saying after frank says that he's gonna have to tell the the dead men you know that their families that they're gone ichabod makes the point of saying that listen you're gonna have to keep calling people and telling them that their family members are dead if, yeah. if we don't if we don't stop the horsemen he does appeal to that side of him and, and so frank's like damn it frank's like damn it wait here i'm gonna go to the lab i'm gonna get the skull and he goes to you know he's, he told us taking some call in his car yeah and um the lab can't figure out what the hell it is apparently there's no dna markers there's no now, well, I mean, all but, kind of stuff. But but wait, wait, we we back up like five seconds. Sure. Um, they're they're having this discussion with Frank, and they keep telling him we're going to make sure we don't. We're going to make sure that it doesn't tie back to you because oh, yeah. because of Frank's position right. in the in the precinct and da 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 da. But then Frank's the one that goes and gets it. How is that not tying back to him? He's putting himself in the line. That's true by retrieving the evidence. Possession of evidence. But somebody was going to have to retrieve it. Well, then why didn't legitimate? Why claim. didn't he send Abby and Ichabod? Maybe then it would point to them. To tell if them it, if it disappears. Then it would, yeah. Then it would, yeah. But then if it's going to disappear out of his hands, yeah. Maybe he was planning on bringing it back uh, to the precinct and being like, "It's going to be in this room da, and da, it's going to be da, unlocked, da. and I'm going to be copiously elsewhere when it gets stolen." Yeah, I'm sure they would have worked something out. Yeah, but um, so he goes to the lab, and this this lab tech is. Really, he's a la- call him he's, what he is. He's a lab rat. He's such a nerd, though. Cause he's you can, awesome. Because you can tell he's excited about the fact that they can't figure out what the hell this Nothing, thing is. Nothing. No DNA. He's like, no he's markers. He's rattling off all these tests, and you can tell it's like science. <laughs> so I, I like that. I like but, that. But uh, he makes a, a statement of that it seems like it's scrubbed of all signs of life. 
And yeah. I'm like, well, I yeah. Like, he's dead. It's like, he's, he's death. Of course he's got dead. no life. Um, no. But at, at that point, I was like, so, but you can partially decay if you're death. But. Yeah, it was real squiggly. Because it's not a, it's not a, like, a intact. No, because when he chopped it off. Skull. He had, like, full skin, yeah. skull, and mass. Yeah, and now it's very, like, flesh, fleshless, but still Sunken muscly. in. Yeah. And, mm. It's got meat on it. And those eyes, the white cataract looking. Yeah. So, um, well, shit goes down in the lab. And Ninja, Ninja Mm. is a Frank. Ninja, Ninja is a Frank. Frank is a ninja. (laughs) It blew your mind, didn't it? It did. (laughs) Go Orlando Jones. I know. And, um, and I was so excited because I was, and I know I shouldn't have been excited because this is not great for the character, but I was like, Frank finally saw him. I know. I was so excited for for him I was in like, a do sense, you see that he does not have a head. He can't, and and he the, uh, and he gets that same fear mm-hmm. um, that we see in everybody else the first time they encounter. That, I think it's very oh, consistent shit. in the writing. Yeah, that, that first instant when you meet headless, and he's <laughs> he does not want to be. He's like, oh fuck. Yeah. But he hits uh, police mode. I don't yes. know how else to call it. Yes. And he starts, and he knows it's not going to do any good. He takes cover. He, you know. Yeah, but then uh, he's like, oh, I've got you now. And he fires. I was like, he's going to fire at the pipe. He's going to fire at the pipe. It goes, yeah, and steam everywhere. I'm like, okay, the man's headless. What the fuck is that going to do? Well, you know, apparently he can hear, though. I guess so. I don't know how that works. But um, so Frank escapes with the skull, and Paul, the lab tech, gets killed. And D.E.D. D.E.D. dead. dead. Yep. And Frank, of course, goes straight to the archives to talk to Ichabod and Abby, and he is pissed. He's not happy that he is. And this is, this is the part where um, I think I kind of started thinking, okay, Headless appears to you if it wants to be seen, because what Frank says is there's no security camera footage. Yeah, he said all the cameras, like, fizzed out or something. Yeah, at the exact same time. So... I kind of got the impression, and I know they didn't explicitly say it, but I kind of get the impression that Headless is going to be this thing that only some people see, and honestly, if you try to tell the world about it, you're going to look crazy. Well, and he Because there's going to be no proof. He does tend to kill all the witnesses. That's true. Lower, lowercase w. Yeah, not not the witness lower, witnesses. Lowercase w, witnesses. He does tend to kill all of them. Yeah. He doesn't tend to leave people. So, I mean, maybe... It, other than, I don't know, from the pilot, those two... Those two cops! Put your hands on your... Uh-huh. Guy, those Who guys recanted. recanted later. They're yeah. still run- as far as That's we know, true. they're still running around. That's true. They, they may probably at- they probably went on leave. We'll say they might be at Terrytown yeah. right now. That's true. So, um, and Frank mentions New York. He wishes he was back in New York. So this is where we find out where he came from yes. before. Yes. Or between when Corbin died. Yeah. And then Frank was sent here. And since here. they're already in New York, I'm assuming he meant the city. Yeah, because they're in New York State. Yeah. So, um, and Frank is really shaken up. And he admits that he was hoping that this was all a lie. Yeah, he was hoping. But I, I go back to the fact that he, he gave Abby and Ichabod all this leeway. He they knew did. deep he did. down that yeah. this was not a lie. Yeah. Uh, but now, of course, he's got... He's got no choice but to believe. Cynicism, proof. Gone. He has yeah. now lost both his virginity and his cynicism, <laughs> so... He's popped his headless cherry. <laughs> that sounded really bad. Actually, that sounds like a good cocktail name. <laughs> Ooh, we'll work on that. <laughs> so, um, uh, we we get this little montage of Ichabod trying to destroy the okay, skull. Okay, but wait, wait. 
I have to say, the first one, and he's trying to smash it, there's only one thing I can think of. What? Gimli. <laughs> trying to destroy the, the one ring. ring. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. And Ichabod's take, I think it was like a sledgehammer or something. It may not, it, I don't think it was an axe. It was it like was a, a sledgehammer. sledgehammer. Yeah. But all I can see is Gimli trying, trying to smash the ring and it, <laughs> It was, I, I just, I was done for the rest of the montage. Oh, that's funny. And yeah, I mean, it break it breaks the sledgehammer. It breaks the sledgehammer. They put it in acid. Yeah. What the heck was the bomb supposed to How did they get a vat of acid? Hey, I, the lab dude's dead. They probably just went back there and grabbed that's some true. and came back. Um, oh my gosh. Was it like hydrochloric acid or something? I don't know. They try to, where did they get the C4 from? <laughs> that's a good Were the Mythbusters around the corner? I don't know. Because I don't think your average municipal police department has access to sheriff's de- or sheriff's department. Yeah, yeah, that's not typical. That's not standard. No, issue. I don't think it's standard issue. <laughs> um, and we see we see them leaving the uh, station slash archives since they're right across the street from each other. Yeah, and um, Ichabod noticed once again people that notice things that I would not. I would have been like noop noop noop. <laughs> Uh, he notices that there are four lanterns lit. Yeah, I saw nothing when he first looks up and they show. And I'm like, what the fuck is he looking at? Yeah, and apparently in this parking deck, there's these four lanterns. So, of course, he's like, we have to investigate that. And Abby's like, whatevs. And they go up there and it turns out that the missing heads, and this is really creepy. Um, the missing heads are the lanterns. Yeah, they talk about the one one by one by land, two by sea. Yeah, from the Paul Revere, which is of course that is true. Yeah, and um, and but there's there's the four of them, the four missing Mason heads. Yes, and uh, he finds that the heads are lined with silver. Yes, which apparently was something that Paul Revere did with the lanterns to inf- increase their reflect reflectivity. Paul Revere was in fact a silversmith right? by trade. He actually was. Um, but as far as using silver in the lanterns, I couldn't find anything to tie back to. It's because it was a secret. So yeah, it was secret. It was secret. It's a secret. Explains uh, all but he was stuff. a silversmith, so yeah, it, so, I mean, it does line up. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got something there. And um, it turns out that uh, back in the day, Adams handed a document to Revere before this this ride. Right, and it had uh, it had it was branded with the devil's trap. Branded with the the double star, mm-hmm. the devil's trap, which da, 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 da. actually is the key of Solomon. Really? Yes. Um, it's called the Great Pinnacle. Okay. The act, looking that's the best I could find as far as an image search as that that particular devil's trap. Because there are several, right? Yeah, yeah, the problem is if you look up Devil's Trap, you're going to get tons of Supernatural references. The show Supernatural. Which, is it a different Devil's Trap? Mm, it is, there's There are differences. Okay. Um, but that specific symbol, I believe what I found was to be the Great Pentacle from the Key of Solomon. That's really cool. At least that's consistent. Uh, yes, which I was in love with that. That's awesome. I was like, yay, that... There's some, um, here, let me, I can pull up the, this is a much more complex picture. Oh, wow. But that's see, a, it's a ton of stuff. Yeah. See all the different, uh, it but, was, it was simplified on TV for me. But yes, it was. We'll, we'll but, link to what we're looking at, uh, in the show notes. You do a search for Key of Solomon. Uh, that's really cool though. And you'll pull that it up. But see similar, like yeah. this one right here. The double pinnacles. The yeah. double pinnacle here. I think this was the one they were, or this one. No, that's not the one. Uh, anyway, there's tons of them out there, but yeah, it really That's awesome. is. Uh, but yeah, try if you 
there's a way you can search and remove like the word supernatural yeah because you don't want to go down that rabbit hole no um, and I can I can imagine because that's that was my first thought when I when I heard them say call it a devil's trap I was like yeah, oh, yeah I know what those are so if you do a search for devil's trap that's all you're gonna get yeah so if you do a yeah. ser- do a Google search for Key of Solomon or the Great Pinnacle and you'll find what was on there okay that's so. really gr- that's awesome I'm I'm very excited about well that. I was glad of the tie back to the lesser Key of Solomon they're yeah. sticking to the same they're going coming back to the same stories that's good and they are they do seem to be sticking to the vaguely uh christian mythologies right in a sense they're not branching off committing to to one specific denomination or it's it's kind of general christian stuff but they're not trying to pull in some viking stuff they're not trying to pull in other outside influences they tend to be sticking with this particular set at least as far as the main storyline is concerned so far because we've had the sandman but that was a monster of the week, and that was not tied in with. I mean, it was tied in in the fact that it was evil let loose yes. in Sleepy Hollow, but it wasn't tied into this Solomon mythology Correct. that we've seen. So um, we we we're told that Ichabod thinks that the document that Adams was handing to Revere um, contains secret uh, secrets about death. Yes, and I thought that that was terribly convenient. And why, of all nights, that they decide to give Paul a big sheaf of documents that are integral to the war, <laughs> do they choose the night where, you know, he's warning people that, that the British soldiers are nearby? Right. See, here's an image from Supernatural. Yeah. So it's it's basically kind of the same. It's, I'm sure the but glyphs are probably slightly different. Yeah, there's several different variations. Okay, that's but really I, cool But I do believe that the Great Pentacle specifically is the one that they're using. That's awesome. Okay, I'm done with that now. Okay. Sorry. Um, so, of course, they go to the History Museum. Well, sure. Where would you some, go? To do some research. And it I, wasn't in the archive? It's <gasps> especially hilarious because it's taking Ichabod to the History Museum. My cousin Steve. <laughs> and, um... So Ichabod is very, very unhappy with all, oh. all the things the little children it's are getting. It's like taking me. Yeah, all the things <laughs> the little children are getting told about Paul Revere, that he was a dentist. He and, was never a dentist. I looked and looked. Renaissance man. There was no reference to him. He, he was no. not. He was a silversmith. And um, so <laughs> uh, he... I'm not pouting. I'm not. Basically gets uh, his crazy on a little bit. Oh, he, does he? He sounds like a like a raving lunatic he really does it's beautiful but I, it's funny though because the the guy mentions uh ichabod mentions we yes and the guy catches on to it, it we and i wonder, we were still british at the time and or I, something and i don't think that's odd we refer to ourselves as as a country as americans as whatever we, yeah yeah we were british then yeah like somebody like somebody in our generation would say yep we sure fought the british back in back in the yeah. day it doesn't mean that i think i was there yeah so but you know whatever yeah whatever i just thought that was a little odd a little bit um so abby meanwhile while ichabod's being very special uh abby's actually doing research <sighs> and she finds out that the manuscript is in london which is apparently a three-month sea voyage. Apparently, I did not and know she's that. she's like, yeah. So anyway, there's or, this copy online. We could do that. And he's all excited. <laughs> she says, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no I don't. <laughs> but he's excited. Which, of course, means that we get to see Ichabod playing on a computer. And it was 
awesome. It was glorious. Do you notice it looks like our laptops? Yeah. Just minus the minus extended the, keyboard? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I rewound it. was like, oh, look, that's ours. What is he using? And um, I just, <laughs> this was just great. It was beautiful. And so he's able to look at the manuscript and... Um, well, sort of. Sort of. And he finds out that it's encrypted. He pr- he prints it off like five times because he it keeps does. disappearing from the screen. He's disappearing from the screen. Oh my god! Abby's just like okay, honey. And um, Abby apparently is set up to meet with Luke for coffee, and of course she's told Ichabod about this. You notice because he knew about it. Did he? he? Was, yeah, because he said something about um, are you trying to break your break your engagement or whatever with with uh, the man Luke. across the street? Yeah, and so he knows about it. So of course she was. I can just picture her coming back the night before and being like, you're never going to guess what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, girl, tell me all about it. (laughs) And she braids his hair. Did they do manicures and pedicures? And she braids his hair. And she braids his hair. That would be great. It's beautiful. Um, And so uh, we go, we show, we show Luke across the street and he is freaking Uh, out. This is a proper reaction to seeing one of your coworkers coming back from the dead. This is how you're supposed to react. Yeah. He's all sweaty and he's freaking out. And he's like, I'm doing web searches, which is, of course, what a lot of us would do. Like, oh, shit, the apocalypse is coming. Google apocalypse. Of course, I would do it. I don't know. I was about to say I'd do it at home, but I suppose the police station would be better fortified. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I could see that. And um, did you notice his phone? No. He has. Oh, my God. You should see my face right now. He has, like, the crustiest old flip phone known, like, the flip phone with the little screen. And when, because Abby's. One of the guys I work with has a flip phone. Because Abby's trying, Abby's trying to call him to break their, yes. to break their coffee date. And I, I don't want to keep calling you today because it's totally not a date. Um, and I was just, like, taken aback at this. I was like, this is why Abby broke up with you. Look at your phone. Oh my god! Right. So it, that that just took me it right was, out of it. It was bad. And and but I think in cases like that, it could be a way to be uh, phone agnostic to where listen, if we're not getting paid to be a sponsor, yeah, let's just not show and anything. Smartphones you know. are so identifiable. Yeah, because you know there are people that would go, oh, I know what that exactly what that is. Yeah, and this, uh, yeah, but absolutely. I just, Oh. It was, yeah, now that you mentioned it, it was painful. Actually, one of the guys I work with has has a flip phone. Oh. He still has his iPhone, but he uses it like an iPod. Okay, that's weird. He I uses Wi-Fi to download. That. He uses the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi to download oh stuff, but he uses, we were, I was laughing at it the other day, he was trying to text somebody, text somebody <laughs> and he's sitting there hitting the digits. And I'm just oh like, God. dude. Where you had to like, dude, oh, hold on, I've got to do a C. I've dude. got to hit this four times. So bad. I didn't wow. know they made, I didn't know those were serviced. I didn't either. Well, apparently Sleepy Hollow, they have. I guess so. Some jankety old phone. Janky old um, jank. <laughs> and uh, so we go back and uh, Abby's in the tunnels and Andy kind of almost sneaks up on her, but she, she catches him. Yes. Being creepy behind her. So creepy. And as much as I love John Cho, man, I do not like Andy. I do not like Andy, but he plays a good Andy he for does. you not to like him. But, oddly enough, I like Andy more than I like Luke. That's true. I do too. And Andy works for the demon. That's true. So. 
but I didn't, and I didn't realize this is the, this is, Abby never saw him before, didn't know he was running around. This is the first time she's seen him since he died. Because she, she reacts. Because, yeah, because he, he was, was dead. Behind. We saw him come back. She did, yeah, we saw him come back. They didn't. Okay. Oh, I didn't And even she think reacts, about that. but she reacts properly. That's true. She does. Um, and so he just, man, Andy, Andy. Um, and so we go to Ichabod and he, I would love to know how this happens. I don't know how, but he pulls up a, not only a porn site, a but porn, an, a video feed, an active video feed by just pressing buttons. Abby. I Abby, was like, do you have shortcuts? What have you been doing, keys? Abby? What you been doing? I know. Abby's got some uh, like shortcut keys programmed because, oh my gosh. And this woman's like, hey. Hey. And, he's like, and a lot of that stuff, you have to pay for that shit. I know. And I was like, I, I know it's a cute little bit. It is cute, but you're Ichabod. like, I don't know how. Uh, but uh, I don't know. And like the camera's on because uh-huh. she and their microphone. I, I'm telling you, Abby, what you been up to, girl? I know, right? So, and he's, it's so funny because he's not scandalized, but he's still very he's much still like, shocked. I need to be done with this. He's and he, so proper. He closes, he closes the laptop and he tries to, he tries to open he it peeks. again and she's like, I'm still, still here. here. And so that was just great. It was I, awesome. I really like that. I did adore it. Um, did we get to that? Yeah. He, um, he figures out the cipher but the ciphers he mentions. Yes. He talks about the... The V one and the Caesar one. There's the Caesar one and then the other, which I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. Um, but I did Vignier look in... Vignier or something. Or something like, yeah. And those are actual ciphers. Yeah, those are. He didn't make them up. They're real. I'm, I'm in information security, so I, I learned... You know about them ciphers? I know about okay. those, So I was like, yeah, yeah. I just was like, plus on that. I was... There was so little research to actually do. I was looking up everything. I was like, ah, yeah. crap. Ah, crap. <laughs> That's a thing. Let me look it That's up. That's a thing. Paul Revere is a silversmith. Yay. Damn, okay, I knew that All shit. Right, whatever. Um, so he vis- figures out the cipher because Revere left silver in the horseman's skull behind his teeth, spelling out Cicero. But Paul Revere was not a dentist, but he was this, a, is, this was the yes. history. He was a silversmith. Yes. So here's the history twist. So now we can see why they would think he was a dentist. Yeah. It does. Maybe-ish. It kind of. It. it yeah. They filled the plot hole while it was not historically accurate. Yeah. It it worked for me. It did, but I uh, the the thing that didn't work for me was that everybody's just touching up on the skull. I know they got their this hands is dude, Jeff's I would not skull and they're touching it with no gloves. Oh my gosh. It's one thing to carry it around in its handy dandy little case, but Ichabod's just like touching all up on the skull and it just yeah, I mm, Ugh. I still need me that case. I know you do. And uh, so we go back to Abby and Andy. He continues to be weird and dead and tries to warn. <laughs> He's still dead? He's still dead. That's good. And he tries to warn Abby about death. And he says that you can trap him, but you can't kill him. So you can't kill death. You can on Supernatural. Yes, you can. Well, jury's still out. We think. That. And um, so they can trap him, but they can't kill him. And he doesn't know how to trap him, though. But he knows he can be trapped. And Ichabod joins them in the tunnels. And Andy relays a message from death. Yes. About meeting in a cemetery. Totally cliched. Yeah, it is pretty cliched. But if you notice in this scene, 
Ichabod just kind of walks up into the middle of this conversation. Mm -hmm. He has not explained to Abby what he has found, but he offered, he tells Andy to take this message Mm -hmm. and Abby's just right. She doesn't know Mm -hmm. what Icky knows, but she's still, yeah. She trusts him. Yeah. Yeah. She immediately trusts him. Yeah. That he knows what he's doing without question. And that, that was just really interesting to see again. Um, again, one and again. thing I wanted to know: Why are they still using the tunnels? Well, it's because the Frank quick... has authorized them to use the archives. Yes, the archives are across the street from the police station. Yeah. Why are they still using the tunnels? At least, I mean, unless they're going somewhere else that they're using the tunnels, it didn't make sense to me. It's in the script. <laughs> Apparently so, but I just well, I don't know. Obviously, well, the Masons thing was down there too. Yeah, and, and well, I mean, it's a huge tunnel system. But I got the impression that they were using it to go back and using forth. it to go back and forth. And I can understand why Andy's using them because he's dead. Well, <laughs> and he can't exactly be like, "Hey, what's up?" Uh, no. So yeah, I just. That yeah, I'd, kind of, I'd, it's in the script. Yeah, and they already have the tunnel set? Yeah. Probably. It's a pretty cool set, It's a cool too. set, it's yeah. It's a cool set. It, well, it comes in useful later. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so we move on, and um, Ichabod deciphers the manuscript, and it says that, the, that a witch is needed to change the moon into the sun to trap death because he's not vulnerable at night, and if you can turn the... Moon into the sun, then you can trap him. You know, just last week I did that. Did you? I did. Did you trap any, uh, any, uh, I did not. I was just testing. Okay. Make well, sure I can, can still do it. it. I can do it. It can be awesome. done. Should you need someone to do it, Woo-hoo. I'm your girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Abby's like, we could do that, or we could use UV light, which <laughs> or is, which is in artificial. Lieu of, yeah, in lieu of the witchcraftery. And, um, so they decide that they're going to try to lure him into the tunnels, and they go ask Frank for help. Yes. And in in their exchange, they in their mention, montage, they mention Sally Hemings. They do mention Sally Hemings, and they, and there's, which, Ichabod is not receptive to that story not at all. At all. He not says all. Jefferson was a loving would, husband, and they're like, yeah, there's this little never thing cheat. called DNA. I. Did a little digging because I was running. I it's nothing. true. From I mean, I remember it was a big thing when it first it's came a out. Big deal. Um, there is DNA evidence that points to one of the descendants of her youngest son that does line up. Um, but With there known are Jefferson descendants, right? Well, I don't really know, but I just know that it does line up yeah. with his DNA. Mm-hmm. Where, um, but there are still people in those circles, whoever they are historians or, or whatever that there are still several people who Disputed. who are still in denial about it because there's no proof it could have been one of jefferson's cousins or nephews yeah, or heard about it something um but i think in been, general terms it's it's now accepted I that i think they've been officially they were. included in the in the family as far as like the reunions and stuff i think are they i think because this came out several years ago and this i seem was, to re- uh, i seem to remember it being a it being a big damn deal it was just actually Jefferson. What was her name Hemings? Hemings with one M. Right here it is. Um, if I remember correctly, it was just 2012. I thought it was way longer ago. That I thought became, I remember being a kid. No, 2012 was the Smithsonian exhibit. Okay, okay. Where they included it. Um, it was in. 
In 2000, a cons it was in just in 2000, a okay. consensus emerged among historians that the entirety of the evidence suggests Jefferson's paternity for all of the Hemings' children. Yep. On 2001, the Monticello Foundation commissioned its own study, um, which concluded Jefferson was the likely father. Um, since then, the organization has reflected this change in its exhibits, as well as publications about Jefferson and his times. And I, and I thought it was interesting because... Um, the way they first start talking about it is because Ichabod says something about Jefferson and um, oh, yeah. was it Abby that brought it up that said one of hey, them said something about them uh, him owning hey, slaves. How, how did that work with him owning slaves and all? Because um, he's such a great guy. And, uh, <laughs> and no, uh, Frank just outright asks him. So what was uh, what was Jefferson like? Yeah, and and uh, whoever asks the actual question about slavery, the other one's like, yeah, that's a good question. And he's like, oh, well, it's, it, you know, uh, uh, it uh, weighed uh, heavy uh, on him. And, and they're like, actually, there's this. Yeah, what about the kids? Yeah. And so he that did not sit well. But I'm glad they addressed it. Right. Now, Jefferson did not hook up with said uh, Sally. Sally until after Ichabod's death. Okay. So that does. So as far up. as Ichabod does know, he was a loving as far as Ichabod knows, he was a very loving husband, but um, Sally wasn't born until 1773. Oh, really? So when Ichabod died, she wouldn't have been 10 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, man. Jefferson was a creeper on top of that. Yeah, well. You. Well, you know, when you're creepy enough to have sex with people you own. Yeah, he, was, he was only about 30 years older than her. Mm. Just, you know, going to put that out there. And this owner. and mm. Yeah, it was great. So but anyway. I, I'm glad they I'm glad they enlightened him. They did. And um, so th we see them in this little montage setting up this trap for <laughs> the horsemen. little Halloween skulls are great. Oh, my God. The Halloween skulls are great. So they so they lure, um, you know, they, they lure him into the tunnels. And, um, you know, we, we get a flash that Abby still hasn't heard back from Luke. Well, we had a, a, a horse chase. Yes. Which I'm like, ooh, car chasing. We did. But with we horses. A, we, did a, we had a horse chase, and he lures him into the tunnels, and... Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> he said that. Yeah. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. Because he falls, like, the he last does, part. He does fall, like, down the ladder. And um, they, they do this really cool, like, little faint thing where Abby pretends to be hurt. Which I'm telling you, those heels. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when I when I watched it the first time, I was so invested that I was like, part a very small part of my brain was like, "Dude, you know this is a trap, right?" And part of me's like, "No, man, Abby's hurt. Abby's yes, hurt." Yes, I Yeah, I remember being split between, "Damn it, she's wearing those freaking heels. She's twisted yeah. her ankle." And the other half of me going, "Abby is not stupid enough, yeah, to actually yell out that she's injured." Yeah. And so they, they lure him into this, this neat little chamber, and um, Frank is there to turn the lights on and to trap him. This was such an excellently done scene. Yeah. Between the music and the setup. And the way they cut and between the, everybody. And the acting. And yeah. it was just... I was I I felt triumphant. Yeah. When they flipped the switch and, and the like, lights yeah, came on, I was yeah. like, yeah. So uh, so they trap him with this UV light and they have lots and lots of chains. Okay, and so that's the end here's of our episode. so but this freaking cell that the Masons just happened to have built. Yeah. 
adjacent to these tunnels next right. to the archive right. that just happened to have all these chains in it. Right. I'm, I'm not following why you might think that's not just terribly convenient. It's so freaking convenient. <laughs> I was... Sorry, something just buzzed. I think it was you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, just shiny squirrel. Um, <laughs> they just happen to have this. I oh, seriously. And, this, and it turned. We find out. We find out at the so beginning. Masons of, were good for something. And I, I'm not spoiling much because we find this out in like I think the first scene in the next episode that this cell was designed specifically for this purpose. Well, it's, to it was purpose shit. to hold to hold demons. To hold demons. Maybe demons. not specifically the horsemen, but, yeah. but that's well. You see, it's got the triple um, triple thing on the floor. Yeah, the thing from Charmed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, it's the Charmed. The triple. Symbol. It's the triple goddess symbol. Yeah, that's what it's called. The triple goddess symbol. Ooh, uh, on the floor, and just and those chains are massive. They are. They're huge. But the but this guy's acting. Yeah. Without a head and a face to express it, the anger yeah was so palatable that yeah. I was just like, whoa. He does a really good job with that. And um, so, yeah, I'm like, okay, okay, we got this guy. We got this guy. Now what are you going to do with He was like, now what the fuck do you do? Yeah. So, which, that's the next episode. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I did like it, and it got stronger for me. It did. As it moved on, it yeah. got stronger and stronger. It had a strong finish. Yeah. Because they, they catch him, and he's all being dramatic in his chains. And, and Yeah, you can imagine him making, like, screamy noises if he had a mouth. Yeah, you could see him. You could physically yeah. see him screaming without the head. Yeah. So I'm sure that the guy who had the green mask over was his face screaming. was actually but yeah you're right it did the physicality of it it was, was really so really good. well done yeah so i was just i was just whoa and then yeah. boom, credits yeah so i, I liked Castamere. it no wait sorry wrong show <laughs> no 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 uh I, I liked it i thought it wasn't as strong as some of the other ones but i don't think it was a bad episode but it moved the story right along it did it, it did it really did but I, I go back to why are we all of a sudden afraid of the horseman now that the blood tie is gone. I mean, it's not like he was going to make them fly well, Yeah, why are we before. more afraid of him now than yeah. we were before? Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's still running around with an axe trying to kill folk. I know, right? So... Well, he wants to raise the other horsemen. Yeah. That's you know. that's his thing. That's mm-hmm. his dealio. That's that what is. he does. Although, he's... He's not very good at it. He, I don't know what he's doing. So. I don't think anybody knows what he's doing. He's a little... He's a horseman. Yeah. He's death. So... Yeah, it was... It was a good episode. I think it played well. I think it was very well written. I mm-hmm. think they looped in stuff from previous episodes really well. They maintained their character integrity. Um, I it was just. I think it was overall. It was a really good episode. It was strong. Yeah. Just. I just didn't. I think like you were talking about from the last episode. I didn't feel as connected to it. Yeah. Until right up to the very end. Yeah. At the end, it was like, okay, now this is. You right. Know, maybe we had right. to get into that oh, to get the payoff. You know what we didn't. Nope, never mind. That's the next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got Frank on board now. Yeah, we've got Frank on we board. we got Frank on board that, now. So that, so that was good. It was finally like, okay, finally. I know, right? Because, you know, eventually that would have gotten so old. Yeah. Having him not be aware. Yeah, I'm glad but they pulled they didn't that through. Do it right away because you still have to see him coming to terms with the little that he does right. know. And also, I think if he got involved the same time as Ichabod and Abby you it kind of muddies the waters with them trying to accept it as well yeah i don't think there, there would have been enough yeah i think it would have been too easy yeah yeah um but do you ever stop and watch frank while he's talking and all you can think of are seven up commercials 
It kills me. Yeah, I just, I really like Orlando a lot. I love, or, now I love Orlando Jones, but sometimes when I'm watching him and, and it's like, just him on the screen and he's talking, <laughs> all I can see is 7 Up. And it's just, stop it. I just, I can't help it. I just, I really love it, uh, uh, him because it's so funny because he's such a, like, he's such a troll. And he proud is. troll in he the fandom. Is. And then you see him turn around and be all serious and, and you know, acting with acting you know, with Frank and you know, whereas he's out there asking for Ficrex and stuff and just crazy he, stuff. He was like, All right, so you've got me some um some ships with me and Ichabod, right? Yeah. He was up for, I give it to him. He, he sent it to him. I wanna know all about it. He was. So yeah, I, I I really I'm I was super glad he's involved in this show and I think he's doing a great job. I think they all are, honestly. Should we put a link to his uh, Tumblr? We should. We'll put a link to, to Orlando's Tumblr in the uh, in the show notes because it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting read. He, he interacts with the fandom a lot. He liked one of my posts. Yes, he did. That was a big day. You it was me. a big day. We were like, oh, my God. It was uh, somewhere in season two. We were watching it, and I caught something. Right, some, I don't even remember what it was now, but I caught something, and I posted a picture of it on Tumblr. And he was, like, one of the first two people to yeah. like it. And I was like, oh! Yeah, he's very involved in the fandom, so... He it's, is. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about this episode, or really anything. Uh, you can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com. You can message us on Tumblr at randomtpodcasts, or you can tweet at us at randomtcasts. And if you don't want to remember all of that, our website at randomtpodcast.com has all of our contact information. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can get notifications as to when all of our casts are released. And um, the website also has links to our casts on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, while you're listening, if you would like to subscribe or rate or leave us feedback or like or thumbs up or high five or whatever the hell the site allows, um, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, and if there's a site or an app that you'd like us to post to that we're not already on, just let us know and we'll definitely look into it. Be sure to send us your show theories, ask us about upcoming casts, or please suggest a movie you'd like for us to talk about. We want to hear from you. You got anything else before we close this out? Um, no. It was a pretty fairly straight, simple it was. episode. It was, it was, it was No Katrina. No Katrina. <laughs> I mean... I mean, oh no, I mean, what? Huh? No, her, so I'm, I'm good. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.